Now we know from scripture that first we must love ourselves as God loves us, right? All the love that God has for us. We cannot measure, we cannot comprehend the love that he has for us. But if we don't love ourselves as God intended for us to, we cannot love others as he has told us to. You cannot give away something that you do not have. You cannot give a love to someone else that you do not have for yourself as Christ intended. I want us to look at Matthew 22, 34 through 39 this morning. And it says, But when the Pharisees heard that he had silenced the Sadducees, they gathered together. Then one of them, a lawyer, asked him a question, testing him and saying, Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? That Jesus said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor. What does it say, church? As yourself. Would you join me in prayer this morning? Lord, we love you and we thank you for this opportunity to be in your house today. Father, we thank you for the way this worship team took us right into your presence this morning and reminded us of exactly who we are in you, Lord. I pray today as the word goes forth that you would plant seeds in the hearts of your people. God, that they would grow and bear fruit as we just feel your love today. And we allow that love to bear fruit in our lives that we may love ourselves and in turn love others as you have created us to do. We give you the praise, the glory, and the honor. In the mighty name of Jesus we pray. Amen. In that verse that I just read, uh, it's the greatest commandment. And it has within it one of the most posing challenges for us, which is the lesson of learning to love ourselves as God intended. From that scripture, as we just read it, we know that we are to love God first. And then we see that God says to love our neighbors. That's our friends, our family, and our co-workers. And how many of you know that nowhere in there does it say to only love the ones that we like? It doesn't say to only love the ones that don't get on our nerves. He says to love our neighbors, our friends, our family, and our co-workers as we love ourselves. So to what measure are we loving ourselves? To what measure are we loving ourselves? Again, you cannot give away something that you do not have. We're to love those around us as we love ourselves. Now, I realize as I begin to prepare this message for today, you know, I begin to think about the world we live in. And how many of you know, a lot of places we go, our world is filled with people who love themselves a little too much, right? They love themselves with a self-gratifying love. But today, church, we're called, according to Scripture, to love with a selfless love. Look at your neighbor and say, you need a selfless love. Amen. We need that to get in our spirit today, that it's not a self-gratifying love, but it is a selfless love. We can only love God and love our neighbors as we love ourselves. We treat others the same way that we treat ourselves. And if we are uncertain about our worth, we are going to be uncertain about the worth of others. Today, I want us to focus on a couple of reasons why we should love ourselves as God intended. The first one is 
God created everyone. Say that with me. God created everyone. Yes, God is the creator. God is the designer of each individual in this place today. God knew you before you were even born. The Bible says that he knew us before we were born and he wrote down the details of our lives. Psalms 139 is such a beautiful reminder of this. It says, for you formed my inward parts. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. I praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. My soul knows it very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was being made in secret, intricately woven in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed substance. In your book were written every one of them, the days that were formed for me, when as yet they were none of them. And I love Job 33, 4. Listen to this. It says, The Spirit of God has made me and the breath of the Almighty gives me life. Church, we should praise God for that. The Spirit of God has made me, and the breath of the Almighty gives us life. I believe one of the major struggles with loving yourself can be walking in your identity. How many of you know the devil is a pro at identity theft? The devil is a pro at identity theft. He wants to discourage you in your identity of who God says you are. But part of loving yourself is knowing that you are who God says you are. Right, church? That's knowing what God has said about us and believing that we are who God says we are. Now, how many of you know that there are so many truths in this word about who God says we are? And how many of you know that we can't believe something that we don't know, right? It's so important that we get into the Word of God and we know the Scriptures and know the life that God has spoken over us for ourselves. Because to truly love ourselves, we have to know what God has said about us. Not because someone else said He said it, but because you've read it, you've hidden it in your heart, and you know what God has said about you. We can't believe something that we don't know. And if we choose to reside at a place where we don't know what God has said, then we don't know what to stand on. We don't know who we are when the enemy comes at us and speaks lies about us. We don't know who we are. And that puts us in a very vulnerable place. So today, let's start believing what God has said about us. Let's know that God is pleased with who he created. And he defines you as his masterpiece. Ephesians 2.10 says that we are his masterpiece, created in Christ Jesus. Each day, I want to challenge us today, church, to love ourselves enough to remind ourselves exactly who we are in Christ. Let me hear you say, I am who God says I am. You don't even know how powerful that is. That is so powerful to know and believe who God says you are. You're a child of the King. You are beautiful. You are loved. You are covered by the blood of the Lamb as a child of God. You are redeemed. And those facts can never change. No matter what lie comes against you, those facts can never change. How many of you know there's nothing wrong with saying those things out loud each and every day? 
Say it to yourself each and every day out loud. Isaiah 43. Fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. You are precious and honored in my sight because I love you. Praise the Lord, church. Aren't you thankful for that? Give him praise, yes. When we speak contrary to the life that God has spoken over us, then we are actually speaking a curse over what God has created. Oftentimes, we speak out negative feelings and thoughts about who we are. And how many of you know that with the power of the tongue comes life and comes death? Are the words that you are speaking over yourself on a daily basis, do they give you hope? Do they give hope to your being? Or do they give discouragement? The Word of God says that we will be held responsible for every word that we speak. So just maybe we should pay attention to the words that not only that we're speaking over others, but that we are speaking about ourselves. Notice what Jesus said. But I say unto you that every idle word that we shall speak, we shall give an account for in the day of judgment. For by our words we shall be justified, and by our words we shall be condemned. Now that's not just words that we speak into the lives of others, but those are also the words that we speak over ourselves when we get up in the morning and we look in the mirror. Are you speaking and believing the lies that the enemy tries to put in your mind about yourself? Or are you looking in that mirror each and every day and say, I will speak life over myself. I will speak encouragement and not discouragement over myself. Justified means we are being set free from all blame. Without guilt, we are shown or proven the right. Come on, church. We are justified because of what Christ did for us on Calvary. Condemned, pronounced unfit for use. Guilty. Or we can pronounce ourselves unfit for God's use. How many times do we walk in that place because of shame and guilt and discouragement? We're because of the words we are speaking over ourselves each and every day. The lies that we are believing about ourselves. We are pronouncing ourselves for what we to believe a place that we live in that we are unfit for God to use. But how many of you know that those things are removed from us as far as the east is from the west? He came and redeemed us and called us out of that grave. And we are never unfit for his glory. If it's the word of God... It's life and it's freedom. If it's negativity to ourselves that we're speaking and believing, it's words of death. They will destroy. And not only will words like that destroy others who hear us, but it will destroy ourselves as well. Proverbs 18.21 says, The tongue can bring death or life, and we will reap the consequences of what we say. Proverbs 15.4 says, A wholesome tongue is a tree of life. How many of you would rather be living in life than death? Amen? I am worthy because God says so. I am good enough because God made me. I am free because Jesus paid the price. Anybody else forgiven today? Hallelujah. I'm not a failure. I am blessed. 
When worry tries to overtake me, God says, do not be anxious about anything but to pray. When I feel that no one cares, God says to me that he lavishes me with his love. We've got to love ourselves enough to remind ourselves of that. And if that means speaking it out, then speak it out. If that means living it out loud, church, then that's what we need to do is live it out loud. How many of you know the devil's not being quiet, right? He's blaring those things into your life. He's blaring those things into your mind. And it's time that we know that whom God created, he loves. And whom God created, he has called out. And we need to speak it out in Jesus' name and live it out loud. Amen? I want us to remember this morning that God did not create us to be defined by what we do. God did not create us to be defined by what we do. Now, that includes the great things you do. You're not defined by those things. That's not who you are. And it also includes the many mistakes that we make. God did not create us to be defined by what we do. It's about who we are. How many of you have ever made mistakes? Raise your hand. I want to see who is not raising their hand because I need to talk with you after church. We make mistakes. We don't always get everything right. And you know what? If you're still breathing, you're not done making mistakes. If you're still here and you're doing things for the Lord, you're not done making mistakes. And the enemy defines you as the mistakes you have made. If you don't believe that, make a mistake. Make a mistake. And see how many times the enemy brings that up to your mind and tries to define you by that mistake. See, the enemy reminds you of it over and over and over of that mistake. And you know what else he'll do? He'll try to use other people to remind you of it as well. But with God, but with God, you are not defined by your mistakes. And you know what, church? This is hard sometimes. We don't want to be defined by our mistakes. We need to love ourselves enough not to define ourselves by our mistakes. But also, we need to love others enough not to define them by their mistakes. The mistakes you have made do not define you. They teach you. Oftentimes, you will find the path of defeat will try to discourage you into believing that those mistakes define you. But remember to keep your eyes on your Creator more than your critics. Amen? Keep your eyes on your Creator more than your critics that want to hold on to those mistakes. Your Creator does not define you by those mistakes, and you shouldn't either. The Word says in Joel 2.25, that God is going to repay what has been stolen. God can restore what is broken and make it into something beautiful if we hold on to our faith in Christ Jesus. You need to know it, church, so that you can believe it and so that you can stand on it and love yourself as God does. When we focus on what we do instead of who we are, how many of you know we can fall into that trap of comparing ourselves to others? When we compare ourselves to others, we aren't fully loving ourselves. We see comparison a lot in the world, but the sad news is it seems that the plague of comparison has filtered into the church world as well. 
especially into the world of social media, right? We get on social media and we see the perfect man, the perfect woman, the perfect marriage, and the perfect children. And, of course, we sit and we look at those highlights of these things. And, you know, sometimes, how many of you know we're in charge of our timeline? Let me just throw that in. You don't have to look at things that you don't want to if they're negative. But sometimes people, they just want to share their life with us. They just, their intentions are just to share their life with us. But it can cause us on the other side looking at things like that. Or maybe in our workplace, it can cause us to compare who we are with who other people are. But what we need to be careful of, church, is that as Christians, that we don't begin to compare ourselves as brothers and sisters in Christ whether that be in the church house or whether that be out in our place of activity, it can cause us to become in a place of comparison where we question who God created us to be. When we compare ourselves to others, it causes us, what do we do? We either feel better about ourselves or we feel worse about ourselves. But we see this in the Word of God too. Miriam is, the, is Moses' sister in the book of Numbers. And after Moses married his wife, and I want you to catch this, Miriam and her brother Aaron began to talk against Moses. Y'all ever heard of that before? People talking against somebody else that God begins to, to bless? Miriam and her brother Aaron began to talk against Moses, and Miriam began to compare the gifts she had been given by God to Moses' gifts. As a result of this, she felt inferior to Moses and craved to be seen as his equal. But God had already blessed her abundantly. See, she was a prophetess. She was a worship leader, and she was respected greatly by the women that surrounded her. But although she had these wonderful, blessed things from the Lord, she was not above human frailty. Pride and jealousy got in. And she suffered the consequences because she got her eyes on the wrong thing and lost the value of her worth. Love yourself enough not to compare yourself to others. Love yourself enough to know that God has given you gifts. God has given you talents and abilities that belong only to you. How many of you know no one else can do what God has called you to do? No one else can be you, and no one can do the very things that God has asked you to do. Love yourself, be you, and not try to walk in the footsteps of others. They're, that's their journey, and it's not yours. Number two, we love ourselves because God loves us. Say that with me. God loves us. Hey, he first loved us. God loves us. He first loved us. Nothing makes this any clearer than John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son. God loves us unconditionally this morning. God loves us throughout all of our journey, and he wants to give us life abundant. He wants to forgive us even when we don't forgive ourselves sometimes. He wants us to know that even when we don't measure up, God covered that for us too. It says in Philippians 1.6, He who began a good work in you, who began the work? God did. God started it, and God's going to finish it. He who began a good work in you, he will carry it out until the day of completion. God loves you, and he never, ever, ever gives up on you. He's at work in each of us right now. Hallelujah. Aren't you thankful for that? He is, he is working in our lives even as we speak. I begin to think about my girls, and Jessica, as she went through high school, she took a pottery class. 
I thought it was really cool because she would come home some days and have this cute little piece of pottery that she had made and bring it home and I would put it on my desk and really enjoyed that. And I know each of you know that pottery, as beautiful as it is, it begins as just a lump of clay. It begins as just a lump of clay on the potter's wheel. And really, a lot of times, in the beginning, that lump of clay, it looks awful, doesn't it? It looks like nothing. And you think, how is that going to be something? How is that going to be something beautiful? We would think, how is this ever going to turn into what the potter sees? He begins to put that clay, though, on the potter's wheel, and he pushes, and he pulls, and he tugs, and he molds until something beautiful begins to form. Isaiah 64, 8, yet you, Lord, are our Father. We are the clay, you are the potter, and we are all the work of your hands. How many of you know our lives are likened to a lump of clay and the potter on the potter's wheel? And it's not very flattering sometimes to think about our life as a lump of clay, but it's an exact picture of how much God loves us. It's an exact picture of how God molds us and fashions us into what he would have us to be with his perfect plan. And when we get on that potter's wheel a lot of times, we want to resist it. And we want to rebel against it because we don't like sometimes who we turn out to be. We don't like sometimes who God is making us into be. And a lot of times we just stand back and say, God, I don't like the way things are going. I don't like who I am in this moment. A lot of people do that in life. And how many of you know when we rebel and resist against the molding and the pushing and the shaping of God Almighty and the potter as we are the clay on the wheel, we are in a miserable, miserable place. But it's a beautiful thing to know that God loves us and that he's working on us. I'm not going to sing it for you this morning, but y'all know that little song we used to sing? He's still working on me to make me what I ought to be. Aren't you thankful for that? I'm so glad that he does not look at me as that lump of clay and throw me away. But he continues to mold me and shape me into what he would have me to be. During this process, liking yourself is so important because to love yourself, you need to be in a place that you love yourself with a godly love that is so secure that you don't need the approval of anyone else. Amen? You don't need the approval of anyone else because how many of you know God never said he was going to design you in a way that everyone would like you? God never said that he was going to design you in a way that everyone was going to like you. Sometimes to love yourself, you just need to know that you're going to make it because of the life and the truth that God has already spoken over you. Amen? Because of the life and the truth that God has already spoken over you. Sometimes that's all you have and sometimes that's all you need. It's The quote I read said, be the kind of person who knows that what God's Word has to say about your life and your future is far more valuable than the words or opinions of any other. Number three, we love ourselves because God believes in us. Say that with me. God believes in us. Now, I don't know this morning if you're letting these things get in your spirit about how God made you and God loves you. And to think that God loves us so much that he believed in us so much that he did not let us die, church. He loved us so much that he did not let us die. He took our place. If only we believed in ourselves like God believes in us. God believes in you and he chose you to bear his image. 
He chose you to declare his glory. How many of you believe in your children? How many of you love your children? You would do anything to invest in them. You would do anything to encourage them. You believe in them, and you know that God has a plan for them. And God loves us more than that. We are a child of the King, and He believes in us. When God called to Moses to step up, He replies, Who am I that I should go? I'm not qualified. And even after a convincing argument from God, Moses still responded with, Send someone else to do it. God believed in Moses, but Moses did not believe in himself. When God called to Gideon, he responded with, I am the black sheep of the family. When God called to Jeremiah, he said, I am too young. When Jesus called to Peter, he said, I am too sinful. And the list goes on and on where God believes in people that he made. Where God believes in people that he made, but they struggle to believe in themselves. You know, it's amazing when other people believe in you. Have you ever had other people believe in you? And they just encourage you and they give you opportunities. That's a great feeling. It's so wonderful to have people believe in you. But when we wrap our minds around the love of God that believes in us and calls us to bear his image and to declare his glory, when we get that on the inside of us that we can because God believes in us, we can move mountains in Jesus' name. Amen? Because we fail and we mess up and we get disappointed and discouraged. And sometimes you just get downright sad. We don't like who we are. And in that place, we live in a sense of failure. And you know what that can do? It can cause us to never finish anything we set out to do. It can cause us not to follow the dreams that God puts in our hearts. And when we get there, we fall into that dangerous pit of comparison that I spoke about. And that is what the devil wants to use to stop you. See, the devil doesn't want you to know and believe the scripture that says, I can do all things, say all things. I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. See, the devil doesn't want you to tap into that strength that gives you the ability to get up today and to get up tomorrow and to get up the next day and love yourself enough to walk out your destiny that God is calling you to. How many of you know until we love God, until we love ourselves, and until we fully love others, we will never see our destiny come to pass? Let's be committed to loving ourselves. Let's be committed to loving ourselves, even though there are probably things that you would like to change about yourself. Anything you'd like to change about yourself? I can give y'all a list, right? Things that you want to change about yourself, things that I'm sure we want to change about our families. Sometimes we'd really like to change the way we react to things. But we've got to be careful in the midst of it all to go back to the truth of God's Word where He says who we are and He speaks life over us and we have to know that and stand on it. In closing this morning, I want to share three simple thoughts with you that you can take with you to love yourself. The first one is be grateful. Be grateful for who you are and for how much God loves whom He created. Just get up every morning. Lord, I thank you for how much you love me even when I don't love myself. Lord, I thank you that you created me to be the way I am and that you have good works that are planned for me. The most loving thing that you can do for yourself is to accept who you are. Because how many of you know outside of Christ you are nothing but a vile sinner doomed for hell? 
But when we walk in the life and the truth of who God says we are, we are loved, we are accepted, we are righteous, and we are made complete. And we don't have to fight the battle anymore of who we are because he has already fought the battle and won. And long before you were even born, he spoke that truth over each and every one of us. Secondly, thank God for the way he has made you thus far. Even when places in you are there that you'd rather not deal with, Thank God for making you in his image. Thank God that you are called to be his very own. And number three, put yourself back on the potter's wheel every chance you get. Put yourself back on the potter's wheel every chance you get. We don't want to do that, do we? We don't want to put ourselves back on the potter's wheel because that's where the molding and the pushing takes place. And that's where a lot of times those places in our lives that we don't want to see, we don't want to deal with, those areas that keep us from loving ourselves as God intends for us to. But let him mold you. Let him push and pull you into what he's completing you to be. And he'll develop those inner qualities that will shine forth and bear fruit and will be a light that will carry you through. I want to read you a letter this morning that um, it really ministered to me. And, you know, a lot of times I think as we are growing and learning to love ourselves, if we could just see ourselves as God sees us, if we could just see ourselves as God sees us, if we could see that he looks upon what he created and he loves us so much. He loves us so much, and he does not define us by what we do. He does not define us by the mistakes we have made, but he calls us out. And this says, I wish you could see what I see. Dear child of God, I wish you could see yourself through my eyes. If you could, you would see just how amazing you are and the extraordinary miracle of being you. If you could climb inside of me right now and feel what I feel about you, you would know that you are accepted and loved, all of you, just the way you are. And you would never again doubt your worth or your place in this world. Don't confuse the word acceptable with tolerance. It's not that you are a tolerable you. You are that priceless piece of art, that song that brings tears to your eyes, that sunset that moves you, that takes your breath away and satisfies every molecule of your being. God says, I don't tolerate you. I dance and celebrate you. I wish right now that you could sink down into and bask in the warmth of knowing all that you are, but you won't believe this about yourself. Instead, you are seeking worth, love, acceptance, security, peace, worth, and happiness out there in the world. So therefore, you live in fear. You fear failure because you have misplaced dependency upon success or value and worth. You fear rejection because you have misplaced dependency upon others' opinions and responses to you for acceptance. You fear financial loss because you have a misplaced dependency upon money for peace and security. You fear abandonment because you have a misplaced dependency upon others for love. You fear God because you have a misplaced dependency upon religion that measures your value against your performance. You fear aging and not having the perfect body because you have a misplaced dependency on physical appearance for worth and acceptance. You fear honesty because you have a misplaced dependence on an image of having it all together for your sense of identity. You fear being a nobody 
because you have a misplaced dependency upon being a somebody for a sense of purpose, meaning, and value. God says, listen to me. Even if you could achieve all those things, they would not satisfy or feel what you long for. Somewhere out there along the way in your drive to succeed, your game of image management and pleasing others, your dutiful religious obedience, your obsession with losing weight, being thin, being perfect, and carrying that monkey on your back to be special and significant or at least not found out. Somewhere out there along the way in all of that, you're going to lose something invaluable. And that is yourself. Do you get that? You can lose you. The you that I see right now, the redeemed you, the worthy you, the good you, the loved you, the extraordinary you. Do you see, even if by doing all those things you gain the whole world, but you forfeit your soul? I'm going to ask something of you that isn't going to be easy because it's going to require you to trust me. Right now, you're carrying a story inside of your head about yourself that isn't true. And you're going to spend your entire life forfeiting yourself and losing your life to fight, fight, fight against that story. I'm asking you to start seeing yourself through my eyes. I'm asking you to be, the open, to be open to the possibility that there is nothing wrong with you and never was because I have cleansed you and redeemed you. That you have nothing to earn. You have nothing to prove or disprove. That you can bury that lie of the devil and start living in the truth. They say the truth is always better than a lie. See that and believe it for yourself. That other story will kill you piece by piece until there's nothing left. But living the truth of who you are is going to open up a life of possibilities that you could have never dreamed of and would have never achieved without loving as I have commanded. There's nothing wrong with you. There is no obstacle to overcome here except yourself. You can do this. Step into the real story of who you are. That old story that says you can't, it's not true. I wouldn't have asked you if I knew you couldn't. Oh sure, it's gonna be a process. You're gonna have good days and bad days, but then one of those days, Somewhere out there along the everyday paths of life when you least expect it, it'll sneak up on you and suddenly, suddenly you will see yourself through my eyes. I love you, Jesus. Would you stand with me this morning? God loves us this morning. I'm so thankful that I serve a God that doesn't define me by my mistakes. He doesn't hold on to the shame and the guilt and the lies of the devil that honestly sometimes we do. I'm so thankful this morning that he does call us out. And I'm so thankful that he loved me enough to speak life over me before I was even born. And today my prayer is that we'll grab hope to just the fact that he made us. He loves us. And he believes in us. Church, today, the, that song we sang, uh, coming out of that grave, when we come out of that place of defeat and discouragement, there's no telling what God can do with our lives. There's no telling what you will see God do in your life. If you have to get up every day, every day, and tell the devil exactly who you are. Don't you forget that you are who God says you are. 
You are who God says you are. And no lie the enemy can change that. I'm going to say a prayer this morning, and these altars are open. If you, if you need prayer, we'll be happy to pray with you. Or if you just want to rededicate something in your life back to the Lord, be happy to pray with you. But otherwise, I'm just going to say a prayer. If you'd pray with me, Lord, we thank you. Lord, we thank you that you made us. God, I think sometimes in the business of life, we forget that you created our very being. And you love that which you created. And God, today I pray that you will renew in the hearts of these people a fact that says that you love them unconditionally. God loves us today. Lord, let them feel your love that surpasses anything else that tries to speak into their mind. Lord, we just come against the lies of the enemy today. We come against those places of discouragement. Lord, I pray that in the days to come, we would speak out the truth. God, that we would know the truth and we would stand on it and believe it. And Lord, I'm so thankful that you believe in us. God, I'm so thankful that times that you ask us to do things and we come back with excuses and we come back with lies of defeat. God, I thank you that you call us out of that grave. You call us out of that bondage, Lord. You believe in us and you have formed a plan for us. Lord, your word says that you began a good work and that you will complete it. Lord, let it be completed in our lives today to fullness, to fullness and wholeness in you. God, I pray today, Lord, that as we speak over ourselves individually, Lord, help us to speak life. Help us to speak that which is truth. Lord, if we have to get up tomorrow morning and look at ourselves in the mirror and tell ourselves exactly who God says we are, then let it be, Lord. Let us walk it out loud. Let us live it out loud for you, God. Lord, I thank you and I praise you, Lord. We give you glory, honor, and praise for what you, for the seeds that you have planted today. Lord, we look forward to the great things that you have planned. We love you. In the name of Jesus, amen. We hope you enjoyed this inspirational message today. If you would like more information about Faith Assembly, please visit us on the web at faith-assembly.org. Thanks again for joining us, and we hope you have a blessed day.